0: Thank you for joining us for our first Sunday Scripture Reflection. I am joined, well, my name is Chelsea (laughs) Colombe. I'm the Director of High School Youth Ministry and Confirmation. Here I am joined uh, with my two colleagues.
1: I'm Andrew Darling. I'm the Director of Junior High Ministry and Faith Formation here at All Saints.
2: And I am Paul Bianchi, I'm the Director of Youth, Young Adult, and Family Ministry at All Saints, also.
0: We are grateful that you are joining us on this journey of uh, scripture reflection. We will be looking at the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass of the 27th Sunday of Ordinary Time. The readings can be found at the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops website that is usccb.org. The daily readings tab at the top of the page and then you can select the 27th Sunday Ordinary Time.
1: Awesome. Alright. So right. we're going to start out by reading through the readings and then uh, we'll have some discussion on that and we'll go see what happens. You guys ready? Let's, Let's do it. it. Okay. Awesome. Then... Alright. Here's the first reading from Isaiah chapter 5. Let me now sing of my friend, my friend's song concerning his vineyard. My friend had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He spaded it, cleared it of stones, and planted the choicest wines. Within it he built a watchtower and hewed out a winepress. Then he looked for the crop of grapes. What it yielded was wild grapes. Now, inhabitants of Jerusalem and people of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I had not done? why when i looked for the crop of grapes did it bring forth wild grapes now i will let you know what i mean to do with my vineyard take away its hedge give it to grazing break through its wall let it be trampled yes i will make it a ruin it shall not be pruned or hoed but overgrown with thorns and briars i will command the clouds not to send rain upon it the vineyard of the lord of hosts is the house of israel and the people of judah are his cherished plant He looked for judgment, but see bloodshed, for justice, but hark the outcry.
0: The Responsorial Psalm. Psalm 80. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. A vine from Egypt you transplanted, you drove away the nations and planted it. It put forth its foliage to the sea It shoots as far as the river. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. Why have you broken down its walls, so that every passerby plucks its fruit? The boar from the forest lays its waste, and the beasts of the field feed upon it. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. Once again, O Lord of hosts, look down from heaven and see... Take care of this vine and protect what your right hand has planted, the son of man, whom you yourself made strong. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. Then we will no more withdraw from you. Give us new life and we will call upon your name. O Lord, God of hosts, restore us. If your face shine upon us, then we shall be saved. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. The second reading is from the book of Philippians, chapter 4. Brothers and sisters, have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Then the God of peace will be with you. Our
2: reading from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 21. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, and he put a hedge around it, dug a winepress in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants. One they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally he sent his son to them, thinking, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men in wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord this has been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. So what we would normally do is take a couple minutes to kind of soak in the different readings and see what things stood out to us. Um, So we invite you to do that if you need to pause the podcast and and kind of think through those things. We're going to jump right in, though. I think, I don't know if either of you would like to go first. Um, Well, first
1: off, I just think it's cool that the first reading in the gospel are... So similar, like usually there's some kind of connection, but yeah. this is like this is almost the same story um, in totally different times. But there's definitely some differences. So that's something kind of cool to look at, like what is different between these two stories, mm-hmm. and then what the heck is the second reading have to do with vineyards and things of that sort, right?
2: And our response actually comes from the first reading. The response comes from Isaiah, Mm -hmm. chapter five, verse seven, which is at the end of the first reading, which is a little unique with the Psalms as well. Um, So I guess what we could do is we could kind of put some of those pieces together uh, to to help you uh, as you are reflecting on these readings as well. Um, I think first things first, it's very clear the similarities that Isaiah is has. And is prophecy prophesying. Um, and then Jesus's parable and how it kind of ties not just back into what Isaiah is talking about, but also taking it a next step further to kind of say, like, let me spell this out for you once again, Pharisees and Sadducees, that you have been given this wonderful gift, the 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 vineyard, the people of Israel, and you messed it all up. And you just so i i i so much so that god the the landowner here is going to send his son me jesus and you're going to drive me out and you're going to kill me and the only option is to get other people to understand how to make this church fruitful which mm-hmm. is the bishops right the the apostles mm-hmm. who later become pope and and bishops um, and how it does go back to what we're seeing in Isaiah of everything that is bad that has happened in this field of grapes, this vineyard I'm just going to have to let it all die out but underneath that like um, we get really bad ivy in our backyard uh, and if, if you've ever been around ivy like it just consumes the entire area and if it gets on this one plant, we have this one plant that it doesn't matter what happened to it. Every spring, it comes back to life. It's a little flower that's on the side of our house. But every summer, if if we don't control it, ivy overtakes all of it and it kills everything underneath. But you take the ivy out, if it's still spring or summer, it comes right back to life, right? Mm-hmm. So me and I, like this Isaiah reading, I'm picturing this as like, this is what's happening. You have all of this stuff that's covering over what you wanted to be good fruit on this fertile land, but you got really sour grapes that, that just don't work in the wine press. But probably amongst those sour grapes is this, this beautiful plant that is blossoming this grape flower or, or bearing good fruit, but it's so hard to see. If the ivy in my backyard dies and we take it off, we get this beautiful flower again. But if we just let it stay that way... It's never going to bear good fruit. And so Isaiah is kind of talking about that same kind of thing, like bloodshed and all of this. And you will hear the outcry, right? Clearly the grapes are not just grapes. He's talking about like the people of Israel. You hear the outcry from the people of Israel that like I'm surrounded by these sour grapes. Help. And then you have Jesus talking about like, hey, you guys are the sour grapes and you're going to kill the prophets and you're going to not listen to what they were saying before me so my father's going to finally send me and you're still going to mess it up and you will hear the outcry and because of that we'll respond by let's build a new church that I will be the cornerstone of something new So and that's how you really tile those two together I don't know if you guys have more that you've seen with those two
0: I think at the time of kind of talking about, um, you know, the ivy and the plants that you were referring to, I think it's important to note that like, we often get almost caught up in all of that. And it's like, if you don't pull it back, you can almost become anxious in the fruit that can be bore from it, yeah. um, which I think also ties us to, um, our second reading, um, of not having anxiety. And when we were discussing this prior to um, starting, Paul actually read a little bit before of what was included in the second reading, which is a great reminder um, of rejoicing. Um, because verse 4 of chapter 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Um, and it, it's that great reminder of no matter what's going on in our life and whether there's lots of vines or there's the beautiful flowers, like the Lord's going to provide, um, and his peace is going to take over everything. Um, if we allow it to be that way. Um, but if we become so just weighted down by the insanity of the world, um, that anxiety will unfortunately take root. Um, but we have to make those requests, as it says make your request new to God um, to allow him to drive that out.
1: Yeah and I think kind of going off of both of those just looking at the gospel especially um, the first reading with Isaiah doesn't necessarily end on the happiest note uh, even though I mean, it's not that, not that it doesn't work that way but it's, um, it seems like it's you know there's this vineyard and it's not going well And so the Lord just kind of lets it grow over. Um, But if you look at that connected to the the gospel, Jesus sort of adds this last chapter to it. Um, And of course, they're they're different parables, but such similar stories where there's, things are awful for a long time, and then at some point God will return and make things right again. Um, And I think, like you were saying, Chelsea, that goes back to the second reading of just, don't be anxious about things, because no matter how awful things are, it's going to get better. Things are going to change. God is still going to work. If he's not if it doesn't look like he's acting now, it's because he's acting differently and he's going to he's going to make it clear later that we are um, that he's he's going to bring things to where they should be. And then I also just like the connections here of um there is another parable. It's the parable of Lazarus. Not the Lazarus that Jesus raised from the dead. But the other Lazarus, um, I guess it was a popular name around then, um, who was the.
2: I hope it makes it come back. Yeah, and we could. But yeah. Yeah. I like. There should be more Lazaruses around today. Right. <laughs> kind of resurrect the name nowadays. If, yeah, if there's you know probably what I mean. some good ones we could go with. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, hey. that's. Tangent. Good tangent. Um, <laughs> but I like the
1: connection to this other parable. And correct me if I've got this wrong, but the there's the rich man and Lazarus, and um, and the rich man it's sort of has, you know lives his life and totally neglects the 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 poor man named Lazarus and these other and everyone else, everyone else around him, and then after they die, he's he's sort of able to see Lazarus um, in the Abra- in the bosom of Abraham, in sort of this sort of prototype of heaven, and um, he says he finally realizes that what he did was wrong. And he tells Abraham, well, well, if I can't get out of here, at least go warn my brothers and my sisters and my father and all of them about, about this. Tell them that this is this is the case and that they ought to change their lives before they end up like me. He says if they haven't listened to the Law and the Prophets, yeah. they're not going to listen to me. <laughs> Nothing else is going to change their mind. Um, and so it's just interesting to kind of see that playing out, not only in this parable, but also in the person of Jesus. Of You know, Jesus is the the fullness of the word Um but it was always there. Everything he taught was um, was present in the Old Testament and the prophets and the law and all of these things. Um, like there's there's so much depth to all of it and just seeing it all together like that is really cool. But then seeing how Jesus fulfills all of it is even cooler.
2: Yeah, I um, the, the parable that you're talking about, like one of the things that stands out to me in that is like the great chasm that is talked about between the two, um, and how right. Like if if they haven't listened to what I've said before, they're not going to listen now. Um, that's such a such a great reference with these readings as well, and um, you know Jesus Jesus very clearly has a, a very great knowledge of the Old Testament readings, uh, and so I'm sure that as this parable is Starting that the Pharisees and Sadducees know exactly what he's talking about with Isaiah. That would have been uh, a book that they were very familiar with. But then he also says, you know, he ties in Psalm 118 uh, by saying, like, do you you not remember uh, what Scripture says of the stone that the builders rejected? And he's trying to tell them, like, I'm the son in the vineyard. Like, you think that you get all of these things, that it belongs to you. That's not how this works. Like, I didn't come just for the Pharisees and Sadducees. It came for everyone. And because of that, this is going to be taken away from you and given to people who uh, will produce fruit from it. And and again, back to what we had in last week's readings of, you know, it's going to be the tax collectors who enter into this covenantal relationship before you. Um, We talk about so often with Bible study, either with our teens or, um, even with each other, when we prepare different things that the Bible is a, le- uh, sorry, living and breathing document, right? That it's, it's something that's totally relevant 2000 years ago, 4,000 years ago today that, you know, this, all of scripture, um, is relevant. I'm sure when we heard these readings three years ago, uh, they stood out to us because of what whatever was happening during the time three years ago. Um, but we look at it now, and we clearly see that we have uh, so many things to be anxious about. You know, so many different things. We were on the heels of um, debate last night. Um, we're, we're currently in the midst of this pandemic, where we're all trying to navigate all these things. Where we're all having such a hard time with everything that's going on in the world. And like Chelsea was saying, you reference back to what Paul's saying here is like, rejoice always, have no anxiety, but in everything by prayer and petition, give thanksgiving uh, and make your requests known to God. That if, if we sit and we, we allow our anxiousness to take over, um, it, it is. It's like weeds among the good fruit that is just going to be all-consuming mm-hmm. Whereas if we just let God take care of what God is taking care of, the fruits that come from that. Uh, you know, we, we clearly are struggling so much with who are our leaders in, in all of these different places and all of um, our lives. of We look at different things and we, we're questioning where, those good fruits are coming from and sometimes it's just a matter of, of letting things go and remembering who is supposed to truly lead us you know, God uh, in these things um, and I think that's another important piece of all of this it's not just um, allowing uh, it's not just getting rid of the wheat or sorry, the weeds uh, to, to let the wheat grow the grapes right. in this case but it's also um, knowing that we we can't rely on other people uh, to always lead us. Sometimes we need to allow God uh, to be the one who is leading our lives. In prayer, make your requests known. That's another
1: thing I just that you, as you mentioned it. Um, that's and from the second reading, just sort of not in, not independent of the other two, but um, it's it's such a different. But the first half it says, "Don't have have no anxiety at all, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God," and then Jesus will guard your hearts, and and there's such a um, a weird kind of back and forth thing that we we tend to find with our world of people that say. Um, you know, they'll make fun of stuff when someone says, "You know, I'm sending thoughts and prayers your way," or whatever that is. But, mm-hmm. but prayer is the first thing we should do. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't act accordingly. That right. um, there's a there's a whole balance there. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other side, it's it's not that we have to save ourselves. It's that's not the case either. It's that God's going to save us, and prayer is the first thing we should be doing. Um, so there's there's an interesting thing to kind of compare there of like when I hit struggles in my life do I try and fix it do I try and do I just worry about it or do I pray and prepare for God to do the rest Mm -hmm. Um, something to think about for kind of how we react to things
2: I think the other thing with the, the reading the second reading when you look at the second half Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, lovely, gracious, um, anything worthy of praise, uh, that is when God is with you. You know, and we look at so many different things where we, we don't know who to trust, we don't know. Um, things that are honorable, you know, to, to, and pure and, and good. And there is so much good and beauty in the world. And unfortunately, I think we're inundated, whether it's through um, the media, through social media, through friends, that, like, people are stuck in a negative mindset so often, especially with everything that we do have currently going on in the world. And there are some very real things that, that we should struggle with and and should look at and be like man this this is hard this is tough um but there's so much beauty and so much good in the world and and that's what god is trying to remind us of with all of this as well i think is that my the vineyard is not just bad that out of the vineyard is going to come this very great good you know we had the conversation recently with um, the eighth graders. How could Good Friday possibly have been good? And like that day was bad Friday. It was like worst Friday ever. Friday, literally the worst. You know, day ever. like yeah, yeah, literally the worst day in all of history. Up until Sunday, when the resurrection happens, and because of that, because of this good fruit that he's talking about here at the end of uh, Matthew, the good fruit that happened was the resurrection, and that's what made that that absolute worst day in all of history become one of the greatest days, if not the greatest day in all of history because of the resurrection. And I think what happens so often is we get inundated with, with the negativity, you know, I mean, you can't get on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, um, and not get bombarded with something that is bad that's going on, right. Or somebody's political opinion or something else. Um, And because of that, I think we get so bogged down that that anxiety, like, it gets to a point where it's, I have to fix this. Uh, I'm, like, you're right. The whole world is falling apart and everything's terrible. Um, Instead of get rid of the garbage, get rid of the weeds, get rid of the ivy that's overgrowing because there's great beauty that is happening. We're just not seeing it because what's on the surface is all of this. So.
1: Yeah, And I think, too, that, we can do that from the outside. We look at for what's holy and what's good and what's happening around us, but I think there's also a way to combat kind of that negativity in terms of what we do within ourselves. A lot of times when it comes to sin we ask, well, how, how much can I do and get away with it? You know, how far yes. is too far? You know, what words can I not <laughs> yeah. say? Uh, and we don't ask, well, what words should I say? What should I do? Yeah. Rather than, you know, just how
2: mm-hmm. how
1: bad can I be and avoid it? We can work on that not just from the outside but also from the inside Um,
2: yeah get the weeds out of ourselves
0: I think it's just contemplating on what we're doing and not sitting back and becoming essentially paralyzed on that discernment of what to do but then also it's the balance of the paralyzation and then like discerning too much but like allowing our our movement and our con- like our conduct in carrying it out of, you know, okay, do I pray? Do I, you know, what's my next step? But being aware enough to take that step and allowing allowing the spirit to guide those steps versus the paralysis of okay, well, I'm just going to do nothing because that's better or you know, okay, Make it clear what I'm supposed to do, and then you just sit and discern, which we discussed a lot with, with Father Edwin um, in that discernment, but allowing the Spirit to guide to guide us um, and not becoming impulsive in what we do. Right.
1: Yeah, it's that balance of not just being impulsive, but also not thinking we have to get it perfect before we do something. Right. Um, we have to trust that God's whatever the next step is, if that's really what God wants us to do, then it's really what we should do.
2: I uh, I also think, you know, I I try to put myself in some of the characters in some of the readings sometimes, and I wonder, um, am am I being the servant who's ready to go out and do the work that the landowner is asking me to do, or am I being the tenant? Who's going to uh, mistreat the people that are are trying to come in? Sometimes, you know, what have I done to, uh, you know, when God has sent His Son, when when Jesus is very clearly doing and moving in my life with different things, am I listening to go out and bear that good fruit, or am I driving Him out? You know, um, clearly not. Well, I guess we are. Kill him in the same way that he died for my sin. So when I am being sinful, but um, you know what I mean—like trying to see, like, where am I at? Am I am I allowing other people to um, work alongside me in the vineyard when we are trying to do the mission of the church, or am I just steamrolling and just being like, no, it's got to be this way? Um, and to try to look at like, what what is it that's going to bear the most fruit? uh for the kingdom of god and how do we allow people to come in and be a part of that um, you know we're very blessed to have great volunteers that help out with so many things here at all saints um, but i guess i'm thinking more in, in my own personal life more than professional with different things is you know how willing am i to let other people come in and help uh versus just doing all of it on my own and thinking that my ways are better um Sure. alright we want to we want to close in prayer then and uh, we can go ahead and uh, do that we uh, will be doing these podcasts every week to to help you and your uh, family and loved ones or friends or anybody you think needs to, to hear about the upcoming Sunday readings or even people who don't care about the upcoming Sunday readings but uh, you just want to share good fruit with them, uh, we are here for that, and we will uh, be with you again next week. You want to go ahead and close in prayer? Oh, let's, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Almighty God, we thank you for all the blessings that you give us. We thank you for your faithfulness in that as often as we mess up that you continue to seek, to seek us out. We thank you for all those blessings that we don't even see and the ones that we do see we ask that you would help us to know your will and to follow it and to do everything for your glory we ask this through Christ our lord amen
2: amen amen In the, name of the father son, the son and the holy, holy spirit, spirit. Amen. amen awesome thanks again we'll see you all next week